The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. Today, we're going to be talking about um, something that does affect uh, a lot of people in this day and age, which is fertility and hormones. We're speaking with Dr. Ashley Abs, who is a registered acupuncturist with the College and Association of Acupuncturists of Alberta in Canada. She's also the owner of Terrasana Health, a women's fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum health center. Born out of her professional experience, Experience helping hundreds of women get pregnant in her own fertility story, she created the Living Fertile Method, a program and way of life for women to embrace their bodies and empower their lives while achieving a successful pregnancy. Dr. Abs is a graduate of the University of Calgary with a bachelor's degree in psychology and graduated from the Alberta College of Acupuncture and Traditional Chinese Medicine as a doctor of acupuncture and diploma in traditional Chinese medicine. She is also a fellow of the the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine. So, Dr. Abs, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Um, so, I guess one of the first things to start with is what drew you to treat fertility in the first place. Okay. Uh, good question. So, um, I kind of fell in love with treating fertility while we were in school. Um, I just had we talked about gynecology and treating uh, women's bodies and hormones in a way that I had never heard before, um, and, and, and to a point where I was like, oh, you can actually treat that. You can actually help people um, that maybe haven't been able to achieve a pregnancy through the regular good old-fashioned way of conception, and even in trying artificial reproductive technologies um, like IUI or IVF, um, maybe they've failed or weren't perfect candidates, and uh, Chinese medicine provided an opportunity to kind of look a little deeper and solve some of those little problems um, within a woman's cycle um, in a way that I've never seen. So I just kind of fell in love with it in that way, and then, um, and then in my own uh, health, um, while practicing, actually seeing some recurring issues happen along my clients and doing some further investigation in my own health in realizing that, oh, hey, I might have, have an issue. I might have a problem actually with miscarriage. And so working on my own health through diet, lifestyle, um, and different self-care techniques uh, to be able to achieve a full-time pregnancy and, and now I have my son and he's three. So you know, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us go through journeys with our patients as we learn more. The, the longer we're practicing, more stuff comes along, whether it's new or old information or was there or harder to find. I think it's it's part of that learning and being a good practitioner as well as to learn along the way. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the things, of course, is being a doctor of Chinese medicine. I would guess that you you treat hormones differently than conventional, which is with hormone replacement therapy, especially using synthetic or even bioidentical hormones. Um, how? What is your take on, on the hormone replacement therapy? Um, well, I mean, partly it, hormone replacement therapy is not a scope of my practice, so I'm actually not able to do it. And so I've had to find different ways in which to have impact on hormones outside of just take a pill. Um, and now I'm going to say, like, sometimes it's needed. Um, like, if you're going through an IVF, um, you're going to need to take some drugs. Um, but through a natural cycle, if you're looking to just kind of band-aid 
particular places where you think that you might have an issue, say low progesterone or high FSH, um, a synthetic hormone isn't necessarily going to be the answer because it's really just a Band-Aid. We're not looking at the whole body and why maybe your your body is manifesting that type of symptom. So um, I tend to look at it from a more, say, quote-unquote holistic approach, and we look at uh, your constitution, uh, your stress levels, what you do for self-care, how you're eating, how you're exercising, um, and potentially what supplements and or um, herbal medicines that we might require to offer a little bit of a, uh, a kind of a uh, to kind of hold things while we can figure out the rest of your quote unquote your life, so that you know that your life can support you um, beyond just taking hormones for the next however long until either you achieve a pregnancy or into menopause and and your greater life. I, I I don't think it really matters if you're trying to have a baby or you're just trying to cope with menopause. Not necessarily having a synthetic hormone is going to be the answer for everybody. Well, you know, it, it's interesting when talking about this because I was given hormones at one point when I was really sick and um, not knowing at the time that my liver can't actually metabolize hormones, um, whatever form they're in, um, it may actually made me sicker. So there has to be other options for people, whether it's by choice or by need, um, you know, just replacing the hormones seems to me sometimes like we're, like you said, a Band-Aid. And sometimes it's important just to get the body to be able to do that on its own. We have that capability and, and we do lose that sometimes times just with how unwell we are and how stressed we are and whatever else is going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to look at, at a hormone, say, if somebody comes in with um, low progesterone, let's say, um, I look, okay, fine, you have low progesterone, um, which, I mean, is slightly controversial, but okay, uh, why? Why do you have low progesterone? You know, it, it's not just, okay, well, let's just give you progesterone. It's like, well, why is your body not producing enough? What's happened to the corpus luteum from your follicle um, that it's not capable of, of holding your cycle through till when you're expected to get your period or potentially have a positive pregnancy test? It, it, it's, it's more than just what's happening in that one essential moment. It, it, there's, uh, I mean, if you take a look at a cycle, it's actually, you could trace it back to three months prior, what happened in your life three months ago that is now attributed and having an impact on this particular cycle. So it's, it's more than just a singular moment. It, it really does require a, a, a look at everything um, because all of that will have an impact, whether you had a cold or you had too much fun one weekend or <laughs> you were on vacation. I mean, all of those kind of things will impact um, that particular lab result. And so it, you really do have to not just go, well, this is what I have. It's like, okay, well, maybe not. Maybe that was just one instance in time. That temporary time that, that just needs some support or a little bit of resolution somewhere so your body can do it on its own. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that you do focus on is five element theory. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, five element theory is, uh, is uh, not as well known as the traditional Chinese medicine that most acupuncturists uh, practice in North America. And, and the five element theory actually predates the spiritual revolution. And what it encompasses is... Um, Whereas Chinese medicine is a little bit more of the XYZ herbal, um, you have these symptoms, we can create a pattern diagnosis and give you herbs. Um, the five elements actually bring in a little bit more um, of the lifestyle and the holistic, a spiritual and psychology of the medicine. And, and personal, personally, that's what I enjoy doing um, because my first my first degree was in psychology, and uh, that's where I thought I was going. So it's kind of probably why I was drawn to the five elements. So essentially, they um, what they do is each element is kind of defined as having a set of associations. So um, kind of within the yin-yang theory, um, your organ, a particular organ, particular color, sound, smell, um, among other characteristics. 
and they allow you to have a little bit more of a well-rounded look at everything that's happening in your health and your natural tendencies and also possibly in the way that you think or connect in relationship to other people within yourself and with what you want um, because it can um, have abilities to kind of have a little look look into what might be your motivations, whether extrinsically or intrinsically, um, for yourself. Um, and they can, I mean, we're, we want to have them become whole so that we have, have an embodied, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my words today, but um, and basically an embodiment of all of the five elements within ourselves, but we tend to have a... Uh, a prevalent constitution with one or maybe a second or third element that drive us in our relationship. So, yeah. That's so how, do, how does somebody figure out what element is theirs? I mean, we should just talk about, I guess, what each of the elements are. Um, and yeah. then, you know, it, one thing people always talk about, and, you know, this is one, <laughs> what you like to do, is to talk about, you know, somebody is this element, so they have to focus on a certain thing. So what does that mean when we're talking about that? Sure. So, I mean, there's five elements, naturally, because of the name. So there's earth, metal, water, wood, and fire. And predominantly, one person will find themselves within more or less one element with maybe a little bit of, uh, a little bit of others in there as well. And so take me an example. I'm, I'm an earth element. Um, so earth elements tend to be kind of your natural nurturers, your... Um, Mothers, um, they're the peacekeepers. They're loyal. Um, they tend to have a, a hard time saying no, um, and and boundaries are a hard place for, say, an earth element. Whereas you take a, a metal element, well, boundaries are not a problem. <laughs> they like the structure. <laughs> they they like order. They're detail orientated, and they have an ability to just be, you know, organized and. Um, and where that might come off is when they get a little bit too rigid, um, when they come out of disharmony with that. Uh, a water type is either your philosophers. They can be a little bit more aloof. Um, they're drawn to the depths, and they, they want to talk deep and, and have those deep conversations. And they're more about the thinking than the doing, um, for the most part, whereas then you take your wood elements, and they are... Your, they're your natural leaders. Like, they're your mover and shakers. They're the ones that have the vision, and they're, like, they're going to go for it. There's really nothing that's going to hold them back. And then you have your fire, and they're the, they're the lovers. They're the ones that bring community together. They, they're the ones that are open, and they're ready for any opportunity. Um, and passion and desire really drives them to what they are doing. If they don't have that, if there's a lack of that, then they don't really necessarily see the point. Um, and so... That's kind of, I mean, it's a really, really brief synopsis. I mean, it, it gets in the way more stuff, um, but the, the reality is, is there are ways that you can figure that out. There's actually on my site alone, there, there's a quiz you can do um, so you can figure out your element and then receive a full report onto like what that means and then how you can actually use it and use it as a healing habit uh, to guide you in your life. Um, but there's other ones as well. But mine's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's a pretty good basic of the, the five elements. I mean, yeah. we people study this for years, so I'm sure we could talk for, for hours about it. Yeah. Um, we are going to take a short break. <laughs> We're talking with Dr. Ashley Abs today about uh, hormones, fertility, and the five elements. Um, if you have any questions about today's show, please call us, or you can send us an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com, or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter, and we'd be happy to hear from you. We'll be back shortly after this break your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market much of the time the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is you can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black and Dari Samia. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. 
Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and um, I'm sitting here today with Dr. Ashley Abs, who's a registered acupuncturist and doctor of Chinese medicine. We're talking today about hormones, fertility, and the five elements and how this can affect you. So, Dr. Abs, we talked before the break about what all the five elements are, and, um, you know, we all kind of have an element that stands out for us. But how do you use this to help someone find their balance that they're looking for? Sure. So basically when somebody comes into my office, I try to assess what their element might be. Um, and sometimes it's a bit of a, a scavenger hunt in, in trying to figure it out. But for the most part, we can get a, a good idea of, of what might be driving them as a, as a dominant constitution. And that allows me to direct their um, their treatment plan because we need uh, to hit. We need to create the language in allow that allow them to he- hear what I need to say. So it's not necessarily that um, my tools and techniques are different per person, but it, a lot of times it's in the language because we need to find uh, what's going to help them um, utilize it. So there's a reason why some people can take some information and just run with it and other people can um, other constitutions might kind of get stuck in self-sabotage and so it allows me to kind of know okay this is where we might get stuck say for a north person they might get stuck with the food stuff so we need to create a bit of a plan and a little bit more um, of a in a way that creates some nourishment in a way that's going to be supportive for them whereas say a metal or a wood person they're just going to go okay that's how I have to eat done, go change my, go change my pantry and, and I'm off and running. So, you know, for another person, it might, they might struggle with this, with um, some meditation or other kind of self-care. And so again, it's, it's just changing the language and, and putting it in a context that helps them connect to it in a way that is going to support them. So it allows everything to be not necessarily a one size fit all, even though some of the, some of the tools that I use are really not that different for any person. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I I think that's how really uh, we all have to do to work with people to understand how to communicate to them in a certain way. And, of course, then some of the tools are the same, but, of course, some will be a little bit different for that that person. Absolutely. So, I mean, for hormone imbalances and this is this, but sometimes you it would work on moving it in the same way or balancing it in the same way or in a different way, depending on what's going on for each person. Exactly. I mean, there, so there are particular... So one, one of the big things, of course, is, um, you know, we're talking about hormones and, and we're talking about all of this, but what exactly is infertility? What does that mean when somebody comes and says, I, you know, I'm infertile or I'm having problems? Uh, infertility from like a textbook case is anybody that's have been having unprotected sex for over a year and has not achieved a successful pregnancy. So couples... Um, yeah, so basically couples can 
seek referrals to their reproductive endocrinologist. Um, at that point, uh, depending upon their age, people that are women that are over the age of 37, 38 can actually seek that referral a lot quicker um, at about the six month month mark, and that's partly just because their hormone levels are potentially declining and their uh, chances for success are have a smaller percentage, so they're able to seek that care a lot sooner. Um, But, I mean, that's pretty much the standard. Um, I don't necessarily have to wait for people to be trying for a year. I see a lot of people that are um, just kind of in in the process of trying and trying to figure it out and wanting it to go well. So uh, from from an acupuncture perspective, you don't have to wait. You could even start before you're even, quote-unquote, ready to try. Um, But that would be infertility. Okay. So when people um, come to you, are there certain hormone imbalances that you would see more than others or something that's generally going on for people? I mean, for a lot of people, there actually isn't a hormone imbalance. They think that there might be, and a lot of times it's actually just confirmation and finding trust in their body again. When you've been trying for so long and you thought that you would get pregnant right away or you kind of in your mind had a timeline of three months and then three months has passed and then in six months you start to lose trust in your body and so it's not necessarily even a hormone imbalance it's more just finding that connection back to your body and potentially maybe evening out a few little um, nuances that are happening within the cycle so like your PMS or that you really um, have some pain with your periods or uh, you know, a few other little health things like being cold. We might look at your thyroid. Um, some people do have endometriosis. Some other people have PCOS. And so sometimes it's about identifying those so that those can be treated appropriately. Uh, and other times it's really just finding better right relationship within their cycle and, and kind of their body, heart, mind. Okay. So there are times where people don't have hormone imbalances, like you said, that they're just, um, you know, they're, they're stressed because it hasn't happened. Does that happen a lot where it's just not happening, but there's no blood work to follow that up? Yeah. I mean, unexplained infertility is probably the highest um, diagnosis that there is infertility. Um, and, and a lot of times it's Partly just it hasn't gone to plan. There's there's either there's no diagnostic diagnosis that can actually show what's happening, what's wrong, um, and a lot of times there's actually nothing wrong, which can sometimes be a really frustrating diagnosis because at least if you knew what was wrong, you could maybe fix it. Um, whereas couples that haven't explained, they just kind of are swimming in this this it's supposed to be able to happen, but yet it's not, and and that really is then we where I use the elements a lot in finding the appropriate self-care for them because there is something happening in their life, whether they not may know what it is, certain stresses at work or within the relationship um, or just with themselves, um, but we need to figure that out to find the best uh, way in, or- in order for them to cope and then hopefully eventually do get pregnant. I've had lots of couples eventually with unexplained preg- fertility get pregnant. And then other times there's blood work or ultrasounds that support a diagnosis that there is a legitimate hormone imbalance happening. Okay. So when you get the unexplained fertility, is this where the five element theories come in handy for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, like I said, I, that's when we start looking at their constitution and what drives them. It might mean that they need to change their job. It might mean that they need to um, create more time in order for them to do the yoga and do the, you know, whatever it is that helps them cope um, because a lot of times we're just running around too busy and and then we just need to start looking at priorities. <laughs> um, I think we're all really bad at that. It's really things. hard to learn that it's okay to take an hour every day to not exactly. do anything, yeah. <laughs> um, which is something I think most women struggle with as well as most people. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think we should explain also what these hormone imbalances can look like. So, what yeah. is commonly, what is um, PMS or premenstrual syndrome? What does that look like for people? So, PMS 
for the majority of women would look like um, they get a little bit more irritable before their period, and then maybe their husbands are the ones that notice that more than they do, um, or a slightly weepy. Um, so there is an emotional component to that um, leading up to the period. So for some women, when it's extreme, it can happen right after ovulation, and it can last a full two weeks. Most women, it starts about seven days in before their period, which is kind of at the peak of the progesterone, um, and things start to wind down, so they might get breast tenderness, um, and, and, and just uh, most of the symptoms would kind of indicate a bit of stagnation in the body, <clears throat> and that's how I would view it. So in Chinese medicine, we would look at it as a liver cheese stagnation, majority, and it's not a blanket statement, but majority of the time it's, it's a liver cheese stagnation and um and five element wise that would be a wood element and so a lot of times there's unfulfilled desires um particularly with women that are trying to get pregnant this is a really high stress time in their two-week wait wondering if they're pregnant are they not pregnant they're kind of on that balance of hope and despair and so it, it's really about finding a, a balance in order for them to be able to hold that um, yeah, I can imagine that. I think it's a very common to have have PMS in our day and age with our livers being so stressed and then not regulating our hormones properly. And like you said, that that extra stress, whether it's waiting for the pregnancy test or just normal life, I think oh. we all kind of tend in this direction. It's more common than not, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, so you did mention endometriosis is something that you commonly see as an issue. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, so endo is um, it, a true diagnosis can't actually come without uh, usually a laparoscopy is, most, is supposed to be done. Um, so some endocrine, reproductive endocrinologists will or will not do that, just depending on the severity that they think that it is. Um, but it can't truly be diagnosed without that. Um, but what most women usually have is um, really, really painful periods painful during intercourse, um, really heavy periods. They can bleed potentially the whole month um, or spot. Um, I mean, it it just kind of depends. Some people with, some women without any symptoms can have a really terrible case of uh, endometriosis and other women have like a very uh, low instances of it um, but have like crazy symptoms. So it, it, it's a really large variance of what women would experience with endo, but the most common would be heavy periods and really painful periods. Uh, and then there are, depending on the severity, implications beyond that to somebody's fertility is dependent on if the overgrowth is affecting in their ovaries um, and has compromised them and potentially their tubes. So, um, so yeah, but um, we would treat that with, say, blood state as blood stasis and getting the body to move again stagnation um that we need to move and metabolize and and there also is an autoimmune connection in that too so we would be looking at ways to heal that through autoimmune and self-care okay and so that one of the other things you mentioned was polycystic ovarian syndrome what does Mm -hmm. that look like so pcos is usually diagnosed um through missed periods um, it's very common for women to experience not the average, say, 28-day cycle. They may have long periods stretching from the fact that they may only have a couple periods a year as opposed to one a month. Um, again, everybody's different. So that would be one of the main indicators in that. Um, there's, many, there's multiple phenotypes of a PCOS, but the most common that you would see is, is someone that's maybe struggling to lose weight. Um, they may have an excess of androgens, um, hair growth. You know, they have a fair amount of hair growth maybe on their face and on their stomach. Um, and through diagnosis, their um, ultrasound may indicate a string, what we would call a string of pearls, which is basically all those follicles that are, haven't been ovulated are starting to build up in the ovaries. And so their ovaries can be quite swollen, full of um, mature eggs that just haven't been able to um, be released, which is why they're not getting a regular period. 
Okay. Um, you know, these all sound like very complicated and um, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, fertility and just anything really in our bodies are generally very complicated and I would guess take a lot of time to bring back into balance. Um, we're going to talk about that more after a break. We're speaking uh, today with Dr. Ashley Abs, who's a registered acupuncturist and doctor of Chinese medicine. She specializes in fertility hormones and the five element theory. If you have any questions about today's show, please uh, call in, send us an email or message us on Facebook or Twitter and we'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank, do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey investment education and asset management firm and his team can help you. Contact Jordan and the team at InvestView at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at investview.com. If you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative, Call us. Past performance of investments are not indicative of future results. Investing is inherently risky. All recommendations should be researched by the investor. Call InvestView at 732-380-7271. That's 732-380-7271. We all want to live a healthy, vibrant life. With so many toxins in our world, it becomes an uphill battle. Inflammation is the premise of all disease and comes from four sources of toxins. With a proper understanding of toxins as well as proper detoxification and nutrition, disease can be avoided. Tune in to Whole Healthy Living with Sharon Brennan and learn how you can live a clean, whole, and healthy life in a toxic world. Start your journey Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and I'm here today with Dr. Ashley Abs, who's a registered acupuncturist and doctor of Chinese medicine, as well as a fellow of the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine. Dr. Abs specializes in fertility, hormone imbalances, and five-element theory. So, um, Dr. Abs, we finished the last segment talking about endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I know um, there's probably some other issues that you see what are more common issues you see as hormone imbalances with fertility? So, like what you, uh, the one that you mentioned, um, having a high follicle stimulating hormone, or what is usually commonly known as FSH, um, is is a common one, and we see it. I mean, in all um, ages, believe it or not, it's it's most common in women that are um, what we would consider advanced reproductive age, kind of. 39, 40 plus um, that are still hoping to achieve a pregnancy, uh, it can be common to see a higher FSH for them. And this would be indicated in a, in a blood test. Um, so normally and what that means is that the body just is working that much harder to produce uh, a follicle. So they tend to have um, potentially fewer eggs available to them. Um, and uh, quality could be an issue uh, because they're just the body is slowing down. They're, the body's 
getting ready for menopause at some point, even though, I mean, this could go on for the next 10 years or greater. Uh, but the body is kind of just winding down, and so it just has to work a little bit harder to produce each period um, and each egg. And the implications of that is that um, if they were to do an IBS, it's just so they would produce less eggs, which then means that they have less um, options for transfer. So um, less of those eggs might get fertilized, less of them might um, produce uh, a quality uh, embryo for a potential pregnancy. Um, But there are ways that you can um, improve an FSH from from an RE's perspective. That's kind of negotiable, but from what I've seen in my practice and many of my colleagues is that we can have a huge impact on egg quality, and that's where Chinese medicine um, has its best ability and influence is in improving what we would call jing of the egg um, through self-care, diet, good nutraceuticals, um, and potentially herbs to increase their chances. And, And a lot of times... Those, uh, some of those women have gone on to not need IVF and be able to get pregnant and have beautiful, healthy babies through natural conception. And so it, it does provide us with um, more options than what um, they might be led to believe. So with these, I mean, we talked mainly about these three syndromes. You see endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and the follicle-stimulating hormone as issues. And with those, because um, I know you do, you, you just mentioned transfers, which is a fertility treatment. And are you able to help people um, avoid that, or sometimes that's still necessary with the balancing that you do? Absolutely. I mean, it, it really is a varying degree, and I mean, obviously, every woman would like to uh, achieve a pregnancy through what we would call natural conception or the good old-fashioned way, um, but sometimes it's not possible, and, and so a large part of my work with women is us just navigating that. So there does come a time, and sometimes it is necessary for IUIs and IVFs to be needed um, in order for a successful successful conception and pregnancy to happen. And coming to a place, because it really creates, for a lot of women, is, is a huge place where they feel um, uncomfortable because it's just not the way it's supposed to be. And sometimes it is. And so it's, it's about coming into peace and right relationship with that being the way that their baby might be born um, and might come to them. And, and, and when that happens, like, that was the right decision. It's just coming to um, those decisions feeling like that you're prepared. Um, a lot of women just rush into it. And, and, I mean, it's a huge, it has huge emotional attacks on, and on, on your brain, on your mind and on your body with the amount of drugs that, that a woman has to take. And so we really want to make sure that they're set up for success so that they can get the best possible result with as many follicles as they can um, that allow them for future tries with, say, a frozen transfer. Um, and, 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 and that does take a bit of time to prepare them for, and it depends on what they're coming in with. So if it's high FSH or NO or PCOS, and even just unexplained, there are things that we kind of would like to do in order to prepare them for that. And at the same time, sometimes a pregnancy happens before that happens, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely takes the romance out of it if you have to, you know, go through a lab and, and do all, all these hormones that, you know, from my experience, don't make people feel so, so great. And as you said, that emotional tax, I think everybody would like it to be natural, but of course things aren't always that way. Exactly, and and sometimes it's coming to the acceptance of that and having the tools in place to deal with the roller coaster that that is. I mean, when a woman is going through an IVF cycle, it's an up-and-down ride every single day through until they get their test result, whether it's positive or negative, and and then a new roller coaster starts (laughs) with pregnancy. (laughs) So you just kind of, you you need to have established um, ways that you can cope and thrive. Because not just coping, but 
they need to be able to thrive through that process. Yeah. Well, well, coping sounds to me more like you're you're surviving. Totally. And, um, you know, the, <clears throat> the whole point of this show is to to do a little more than surviving is to actually thrive through what you're doing and to to find that balance so that it it's um, you're living well as well as achieving what you want in your health. Um, so you talked a lot about self care. Mm-hmm. And um, which I, I think is probably very important for especially what you're doing. I mean, it's important for everybody, but with, you know, how much stress can impact the hormones. I'm sure that this is something that you talk about a lot with women. Can you tell us a lot about um, what that looks like? Sure. So, um, excuse me. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, when I do an intake with a client, we want to establish how well they're taking care of themselves, not just getting from A to B, from work to home, um, and, and essentially coping through their day. I, I want to know how they're supporting themselves in their dream beyond just the XYZs of, say, getting pregnant or dealing with their health. Um, because we can all say that we do all these great things, like we eat well and we take all these vitamins, but sometimes there's more to it than that. And um, so often I will ask about any ritual that they have. I think that ritual is incredibly important uh, for any person, particularly women, um, to be able to have a place in which they have kind of something that supports them. And so whether that's through a morning routine or an uh, evening routine or both, um, depending on what they can create time for. Sometimes it's about us getting creative with scheduling and time because we think we're busier than we are. Uh, and it's really just diverting your priorities to something that you're actually wanting rather than wasting time on Facebook or scrolling your phone and watching TV. Um, and so, you know, we talk about spiritual practice and meditation, uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you sit in it on your floor for an hour alming. It might be that you're taking a walk out in your neighborhood and having gratitude. Um, so gratitude practices is a huge thing that I can bring, that I bring, um, uh, emphasis on with my clients, um, as well as journaling. A lot, a lot for women is, is about processing and we need to process what's happening in our head and get it back into our bodies. And so I find that, um, some, for some women it's dancing. Sometimes it's just movement in general. Um, we need to get moving a little bit more. Um, and, uh, what else do we do? <laughs> um, I like when you when you talked about uh, dancing. I think even more than just movement, like w- walking is one thing, but embracing that creative side of us, which does get um, kind of ignored, and our society doesn't put an emphasis on arts and creativity. There's Absolutely. there's not much money for them. You know, there's actually not many jobs for them either, and they're very difficult ones. And it, it's. Um, you know that that I can see help to to bring that balance that we need when we've ignored it for so long. Yes. So a huge part of what I bring attention to with my clients is during that two week wait, and in that two week wait is it is so important we do cycle through the earth and the metal elements at that time, which is a place of like true nourishment and creativity. The metal element is is about artistry. And so to embrace that, and I mean, it, it, it's hard, it can be hard if you think of artistic uh, pursuits in the traditional way, um, because then you're just going to go, well, I'm not good at that, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, but I mean, there's adult coloring books now, and there's like, well, just doodle, and, um, and maybe dance. I mean, you can check out koya.love, Q-O-Y-A.love. It's a beautiful um, dance that you can do, and there's tons of free videos. Um, and, and that's something that I uh, facilitate here in Calgary as a Koya class. And uh, all of that to bring, I mean, basically you want to feel fertile. And so creativity is a way that we can feel fertile well beyond just having babies. Uh, women create life. We create opportunity and we create, we, we're essentially we're psychic in the sense of what we can grow. Um, and that comes from the energy of our womb. And so it's really about being able to harness that to, for, to its fullest potential. And, that, and that's something that when, especially if you're struggling with fertility, it's like how can you feel fertile outside of just your body? And then yeah. that is just using your body as a tool. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. We've lost lost that connection in our society. I mean, even our medical system separates those things. So you you go to a specialist for your throat and you go to a specialist for your hormones and you go to a specialist for, um, you know, something else. And they don't look at that big picture, which is the same as, as what we're doing with this, where you have to look at the physical for these people, but or for anybody, really, any patient, any person. We look at the physical, but we also have to look at that emotional side and and this, the parts that we don't even understand, or we're not going to get that balance, and those elements aren't going to balance themselves either. Exactly. And another huge part, I think, is community, especially in fertility, but I think in any health diagnosis, anybody that's struggling, it's, it's in isolation, and it's by yourself, with yourself, all the time, and and it maybe you have a bit of support within your family or your social circle in that way, but it really is about um, creating community and, in a way that you can thrive, not necessarily just always in, a, in identifying with your with whatever health issue that you have, but uh, community can go a long way, and it, and sometimes it's like really bringing in that love and that that fire um, is is something that's really helpful in that. So go dance with friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, it, it is, it's true. People do feel isolated. In the beginning of my career, I thought that I would um, go in the same direction as you as fertility, although I did end up going into more chronic diseases, um, just like you, because of my own health, I got drawn to something. But, you know, the, the women that I did see um, were separate. You know, they were waiting to be pregnant and their life was not what they wanted. So they were very upset with where they were, you know, they weren't buying new clothes because they might have to buy pregnancy clothes soon or they, you know, they weren't enjoying their job because they wanted to be at home with a baby that they didn't have. And, and, and I can see where, you know, that disconnect was so huge for them that it was probably part of what was getting in their way, although they may have had something else. I, it's so hard for our bodies to work properly when we have that kind of stress and that disconnect with it. And we don't, you know, we're not, we're not present. No. no. Yeah, it, it's just so important to not wait. I mean, obviously there's certain things that you might not do. I always compare that to exercise. And women are wondering about exercise and fertility. And, you know, they want to do all these things. And it's like, you can still be in shape. You can still get in shape. You may not be running a marathon because that's not quite the right energy we want to put in to have a new baby. And you might not be striving for a six-pack because that's going to go away. <laughs> but you can still be in shape and you can still move and you can still have fun. And I, I think sometimes uh, for women we get stuck in this idea that we can't have fun until we get what we want. And it's like, why not have fun in, along the way? And that's really about, like, let's not choose self-care rituals that are, are going to be a pain in your ass, um, you know, that you're going to hate the whole way and then you're going to drop as soon as you get what you want. It's like, let's develop something that you would actually continue, that once you're pregnant and you have this baby, that you're actually going to continue journaling or you're going to continue dancing or you're going to continue meditating. Um, do something that, that brings you joy and makes you feel fertile and allow that to take you into however long you want to do it the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, it's important. It's not just about trying to get pregnant and then forgetting all the things that brought you into that place of wellness that, that enabled your body to, to, to make another life, but to continue that through your pregnancy as well as through the rest of your life so you can still have that wellness you can be well through your pregnancy you can be well for your family I think a lot of women forget that they are the center and if they are not well the rest of the family isn't going to have that that center and they're not going to be able to be there for their children and for their spouse and in the way that they want to be you know they want to bring up happy children so they also have to be happy absolutely I mean women have Actually, I mean, we're, we're not given credit for the amount of impact and influence that we have. And largely that's within our own circles of influence, within our families. Um, but it ripples out. Um, and so how we raise our children and how our children see us and the, and the ways that we interact with our communities is immense. And really that's how we change the world um, is, is through that influence and impact. And, it, and, and in order to do that well is to not... 
uh, adapt a martyr or burnout model. It's really about us thriving because that allows everybody else to thrive. And, and, and the reality is, is that your fertility doesn't necessarily end. Maybe your hormones go into menopause, but your fertility, your actual fertility does not end because that is what you put out into the world. And it's really about harnessing that potential. Yes, right now you want a baby and that's your center and, and that's where you want to have your, your impact in this moment, but it will go broader than that. And to really keep that at the forefront of your mind of like where this is going. And this is going to you having a really fulfilling and amazing life well into old age. I think that um, we, we've, this is a great point. Um, this is a good place to end the show as well. Um, generally, my shows seem to have these themes that it's more about your self-care and you thriving instead of just surviving your life and enjoying it as well. Now, if anybody listening um, wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Sure. So the easiest way to get in touch with me is through my website. Um, the one that's easiest to remember is my name, so www.ashleyabbs.com. Um, you can check out my clinic site. There is a link to that if you're wanting to work with me with fertility here in Calgary and area. Um, and I have a ton of social media, Instagram. I'm on Instagram with my name. Um, and those links are on my site, Facebook, uh, Twitter, etc. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for joining us today. I, I love the topic and, uh, and the message that, that we had today. So thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody for listening today. I hope you had a great Christmas and holiday season. And uh, I hope you're getting ready for the new year. So have fun and celebrate and enjoy um, your family and friends around you. If you have any questions about this show, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me at anantacalgary at gmail.com. Or you can message me on Facebook or Twitter. I'd love to hear your comments or your thoughts. Um, we um, are recording every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So please join us. Um, We are so happy that you're here with us and make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern time and 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.